Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Uh, just uh, past the halfway point here at the TI Golden Circle. We're heading towards UNLV basketball tonight. Added game. Last of the two. Check that. First of the two added games. They're going to be playing San Diego State tonight at the Thomas and Max. So a big sports night in town as the uh, Wild are still around to uh, take on the Golden Knights over at the Fortress. There will be fans there. There will be a smattering, small crowd, very small crowd of uh, friends and family at the UNLV San Diego State game as opposed to the uh, just over 2,600 at VGK. That's what's cooking right now. We've got big Raiders news out there. As it looks like Gabe Jackson, starting right guard, is going to be released. That will save the Raiders about $10 million. Trent Brown, they're, they're at least taking calls on Trent Brown. The Raiders are, not like the Texans with uh, Deshaun Watson, where they refuse to talk to anyone, supposedly. Uh, we had reporters last week saying, right now the Texans won't even listen to offers on Deshaun Watson, so some teams are just... I think in some ways clowning him or, you know, out of desperation, like maybe they'll listen to our voicemail. They're actually leading or leaving messages on voicemail for the Texans. So, uh, yeah, stories out there on uh, PFT, Pro Football Talk, that the Raiders are having some discussions with teams about their right tackle, Trent Brown, who he's had a rough time staying healthy. Um, The way he handled COVID was not great. Then he got COVID. Uh, Then there was the uh, ill-fated moment where he, uh, he got a shot pregame shot he got all screwed up on that with like air in his vein so it was a rough year and maybe it's Beth a best that uh both sides are into a separation here so we'll see what happens with Trent Brown and who's actually calling on big Trent so we've talked a lot about Derek Carr the last couple of weeks because one Russell Wilson well first it was Deshaun Watson supposedly became available Texans saying they're not going to move him but Carr was involved in some of those rumors. Now it's Russell Wilson, although that's cooled down a little bit. And you get the sense around Team Carr that, you know, might be a little bit insulted. So I don't know if it has anything to do with, you know, Derek and his confidence in being insulted. But we saw Brent Musburger make the case yesterday that the local media should be supporting Derek Carr and that uh, in an interview with Rich Eisen, Derek Carr's the quarterback. He's the quarterback. He's the quarterback. He repeated it. Multiple times. Uh, later in the day, uh, Vinny B over on Raider Nation Radio 920 had a story in the RJ about uh, Alec Ingold throwing his support behind Derek Carr. He was also on the station yesterday, so make sure you go up to lvsportsnetwork.com and give a listen to that convo with uh, Vinny B and, and Alec Ingold. And today, that's pretty strong stuff. Mike Mayock throwing a little more support behind Derek Carr and saying, I think Derek Carr had his uh, best year yet under John Gruden. I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. I couldn't be happier with him. I think John and I would stand shoulder to shoulder and pound the table for Derek Carr. That's not exactly what we heard this morning on uh, Good Morning Football. Very entertaining show. It's Kyle Brantz on the show. He's a former player at uh, Princeton. And he got into the Raiders a little bit in terms of – you know, what Carr is, who he's been, and where the Raiders are right now in terms of making the playoffs, saying there's some pressure on this group. The quote from Ingold, it's like, everybody loves Carr. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a good teammate. He's a good leader. 
Um, he's 10 and 9 in prime time in his career. He's 17 and 24 against the rest of the AFC West, against teams that finished with a winning record. He's 14 and 45. I said earlier in the show, if I were to rank all 32 teams in order of who needs to make the playoffs the most this year, I'd have the Cardinals at two, and the Las Vegas Raiders at one. One. You have this $100 million head coach, this franchise quarterback. Not new only stadium. have you missed it, new stadium, new town. Not only have you missed it the last couple of years, like you've blown it. You've fallen apart. Yeah. Now, with that comment, we start playing the blame game, right? And there's a lot of people to blame in what Brant was saying, if you agree with Brant. And, and I do. I, the win-loss thing is a little bit interesting with quarterbacks. I'm not sure you can pin you know, all of the wins and losses on Derek Carr, but that's how quarterbacks are graded. Clearly, the, you know, the defense has had issues the last couple of years. But they did blow it. At the end of the last two seasons, they did blow it. That's an organizational thing, and... Listen, that's that's one guy's idea or attitude of what's happened here the last couple of years. And I, know, I do feel like there is a sense of comfort around the Raiders. John Gruden has a long deal. They've got a, you know, a new fan base here in Vegas that's fired up to see this new stadium that we paid for, along with Mark Davis, you know, pitching in his share. And maybe it shouldn't be a comfortable situation. Derek Carr is getting a little bit older. You're seeing there's changes. You know, Trent Brown probably not going to work out. Gabe Jackson is going to be moving somewhere, probably to a contender. He's still a very viable player. Is that sense of urgency there? Uh, Or have the Raiders become just too comfortable? Hey, we got our money. We got a new town. We got a new fan base. Our old fan base seems all fired up to follow us from Northern California and Southern California. I mean, the competition in this division – I think it's going to heat up even more. It looks like the Chargers are on their way back to being you know, a pretty solid team. They've got a franchise quarterback. We know the Chiefs are kicking booty. We'll see what the Broncos do in the next couple of years as they make the transition to new ownership. But it seems like they've got to focus on you know, changing things up. And it's not to say Drew Locke is not Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a top-12 quarterback in the, fo- in the National Football League. So that's a good thing. They've got a great building block as a leader. Right, Raiders are in good shape to take a step forward, but are they really interested in aggressively taking that step forward? This is a weird analogy, but Brandt starts going down this path of just kind of being chill at home, and you know you're watching TV, and like this is good enough. And I'm trying my best to describe the Derek Carr experience because what a great guy you root for him. It's the kind of guy you want in the NFL. The Derek Carr carousel. It feels like when you're on a Sunday on the couch, and maybe you're just like a tad hungover and really lethargic. And watching Derek Carr year after year is like watching a a TNT movie with commercials. Like you're watching like National Treasure. And you've seen it a hundred times, but like you're on the couch and like it's entertaining you. And you don't want to get up. And then eventually you're like, enough, I'm changing the channel. Hmm. I don't think I've seen National Treasure like a a bunch of times. Ari, do you remember that movie? Is that that, uh, Martin? Yeah, Martin nope. Lawrence and the other guy. And, and the other guy, Steve, whatever his name is. Yeah. That is I a think good that's movie. an accurate assessment. It's a solid movie. You think it's an accurate assessment that the Raiders are kind of like national treasure? We'll watch them, but we're not going to get really mad that it's not like a high-achieving movie? Uh, I mean, I meant the movie itself. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so that, do you, do, similar could be said for okay. the Raiders. All right. Well, here's how he closes out here. And he, he, he puts the Raiders on pretty strong blast. You start channel surfing and, ch- and you can't find anything. And then it comes back from you commercial and you're like, oh, screw it, I'll stick with National Treasure. That's the off-season every year for Red. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm entertained. 
I'm not having my hair blown back like the guy in the Maxell capes. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. But, like, it's getting me through my Sunday. Yeah. And I'll just keep riding with this because it's cool and it's nice and it says the right things. And it kind of puts us in a position <laughs> to compete before eventually blowing it. Is that good enough? And then the strong closing there before eventually blowing it. That can't be good enough, right? That, that, that's, I don't know. I, I just... I'm not saying that's the case 100%, but that's the vibe outside the market that the Raiders are good enough to be close, but there ain't a lot of faith in the end that the Raiders are going to get the job done. And, you know, if you want to fight on that, the last couple of years, that's been the case. Now, maybe things are going to change. You know, they they add more weapons on offense. They rule to, uh, retool the offensive line. Most importantly, the defense maybe can be a top 20 defense, and everything changes. But Kyle Brandt's on to something that, Right now, the expectations are Raiders are going to be close, but at the end of the season, when they're near the finish line, they're going to fall down and kind of crawl to the line and, and come up just short. So this team, there are a lot of strong opinions around the Raiders, and I, I know as we uh, develop a fan base here in Vegas around, uh, around this team, expectations are going to grow. And I'm not going to go on the whole rant I did in the first hour, but – this is a town of competition. This is a town of innovation. This is a town that's freaking trying to fight and, and scrap and, again, survive post-pandemic. And we've also got a hockey team here that, like, it seems like every couple of months is ready to reinvent itself. Like, it's never good enough. It's, it, and that's the standard. Like, the Golden Knights are every year, even in just, you know, two-plus years, short time here, like, we want to win the Stanley Cup. And you know where that starts? From the top down. You know, love, dislike, Bill Foley. He wants to compete. He wants to win, and he's driving these guys. And I'd like to see a lot of the that same urgency coming from the Raiders. Let's go. Let's go. And it doesn't mean change up a quarterback, but it's just an attitude that everyone on the team is in an open competition. Because if they're not, then 8-8, eight and eight, frankly, is good enough. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Are you still waiting for an appointment with an oncologist? Some hospitals in Las Vegas might make you wait weeks. But at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Phoenix you could already be in treatment. Call today so you can meet with our cancer experts tomorrow and get your treatment plan the next day. Call 888-385-CTCA now to speak with a cancer care specialist to schedule your appointment. If you need to buy a home, call Dustin DeHart. If you want the best rates with service, that's great. Dustin DeHart with Nova Home Loans. So if you need a loan, Hey, it's Steve Cofield here to tell you interest rates are at record lows and Vegas property values are through the roof. Me and a ton of you ESPN Las Vegas listeners were able to take advantage last year because of Dustin DeHart and Nova Home Loans. Thanks, Steve. It was an honor helping you and the ESPN Las Vegas listeners improve their interest rates and lower their payments. So many folks got to pay off mounting debts or even purchase their dream home. And I can't wait to help even more people this year. So call me at 702-577-2600 today before rates go up. So if you need a loan, pick up the phone. And call 577-2600. Dustin DeHart with Nova Home Loans. NMLS 25011, branch NMLS 777-362. 
Raiders 101 is brought to you by Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, book now, only at Allegiant.com. 1964 was a special year for Las Vegas as something momentous happened during preseason that foreshadowed things to come. On August 24, 1964, the Raiders played the first ever professional football game in Las Vegas against the Houston Oilers and walked away with a 34-20 win. The mayor, Orrin Gragson, proclaimed it Professional Football Day in Las Vegas, and 8,500 fans in attendance had the good fortune to see four future Raiders Hall of Famers on the field, including head coach Al Davis, center Jim Otto, Raiders executive Ron Wolf, and although he was quarterbacking Houston that day, they also saw Raiders legend George Blanda. A couple years later, a league alliance and a new stadium would kick off a long run of dominance. Raiders 101 on the Las Vegas Sports Network has been brought to you by the Paul Powell Law Firm. Paul Powell, more lawyer, less fee. Here's good news. Even with high unemployment, there's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today at mycomputercareer.edu. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Want professional tax prep at a great value? Jackson Hewitt has an offer you won't want to miss. For a limited time, we'll prepare your federal taxes for as little as $48 and no more than $179. That's right. Get federal taxes done for you by skilled Jackson Hewitt tax pros in Walmart for as little as $48 and no more than $179. This offer won't last. Offer expires March 15th. Stop by Jackson Hewitt in Walmart and get your coupon code and details. That's Jackson Hewitt, conveniently located in Walmart. Calling all Vegas Golden Knights superfans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, spin the wheel, and you could win a Vegas Golden Knights game day prize pack worth over $1,000. Complete with an official puck signed by a Vegas Golden Knights player. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit TerribleHerbs.com for more information. Hi, I'm attorney Taylor Randolph, and I get asked all the time, if I file bankruptcy, can I keep my home, my car, or will I ever get credit again? The answer is yes. Trust me, you're not alone. Call 757-7777. If you got a phone, you got an attorney. The Randolph Law Firm, voted best of Las Vegas by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Call 702-757-7777 or go online to randolphlawfirm.com. It's the Gadget Freak Fest with Demo Dave. Brought to you by Dollar Loan Center, where you get the most time to pay your loan back. Stop in or visit us online at don'tbebroke.com. If you've ever had the chance to fly a drone using your smartphone to see where you're going, it's pretty cool. But if you want to make it an extremely immersive experience, you need to try flying a first-person view drone. Well, DJI, one of the most well-known makers of consumer-level drones like the Mini, Mavic, and Phantom, just announced their first FPV drone. Included with the package is the latest version of the FPV goggles that'll give you a cinematic first-person view as you fly. DJI is calling it a hybrid drone that blends elements of cinematic FPV devices and racing drones. It'll fly up to 87 miles per hour and has GPS and obstacle avoidance sensors to help keep the newbies from crashing it. The DJI FPV drone is available now for $12.99 including everything you need to start flying in first person. Keep listening for more Tech Talk on the Gadget Freak Fest. I'm Demo Dave. 
You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Oh, no. National Treasure, Bruckheimer, Nick Cage, National Security, Clown Fest with Martin and Steve Zahn. All right. All right, well, Kyle Brandt was trying to make a point there about Derek Carr and the Raiders and being good enough but not really going for the gusto. It's one part of this Carr-Raiders discussion that's uh, really interesting and it's been going on for like three weeks now with uh, guys like Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson rumored to be eh, whether they're available, they want to get out. So we continue on this. Caleb Herring is one of our football insiders. He joins us every Wednesday, the former UNLV quarterback. What's up, Caleb? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Did you know the difference between National Treasure and National Security, the movies? Absolutely. It, the National Security, isn't that the one Martin Lawrence? Yeah, yeah it's with Martin like Lawrence, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a comedy. National Treasure was supposed to be serious, I thought. I, I mean, what was it? Or was, Nicholas, it was is it that good? a Nicolas Cage movie? Or? It, was, it was Nicolas Cage, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, he's, he's phenomenal, right? Or so I've been told. I don't know. Well, I don't know. The, but, the, yeah. the NFL morning guy, Kyle Brandt, was saying, uh, essentially the Raiders are like national treasure. We're all watching, and we're like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good, pretty good. But, like, you know, we're just not motivated to make changes or get off, off the couch. And I guess you don't have to get off, off the couch and make a change, but just get the controller and make the change. So um, I know you saw what he said or you heard what he said. What do you think of that assessment, that the Raiders are – they're good, but they don't seem to have a sense of urgency? And that doesn't necessarily mean move on Derek Carr, but there doesn't seem to be that sense of urgency to kind of get to the next level with really aggressive big moves. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, that it has to be that way. I don't think that, you know, every program has to or every franchise has to look for that blockbuster deal to, to change things and make, uh, make all the difference. I think you build a team over time, and I think it, it takes time. There's a process to these things. I mean, it seems like the Kansas City Chiefs came out of, came out of nowhere, but uh, that, that roster was built up over time. And the, the Patriots, when you think about their dynasty and what they did, that roster – when you think back, there was really no blockbuster moves. You know, Randy Moss late in his career may have been huge, you know, but most of the things that happened with the teams that we think about as dominant teams in the NFL were gradual kind of developmental things. Um, and what about, guys hey, Caleb, let me, let me break in. Let me break in because there's a slow build, say, with the Bills, right? They got to get Josh Allen ready. He gets to a point and they're like, all right, boom, Stephon Diggs. Like, that's a big move. That's, that's a final or it, it didn't seem at the time like it was a final step, but that's a big move to, to kind of get you over the hump there and all of a sudden go from being 8, 9, 10 wins to a team that could win 11 or 12. Well, yeah, that, that, that to me is a, a big move at the right time. Uh, the Raiders aren't at that point where the Bills were, where the Bills had a great defense before they, they got the Stephon Diggs. They, they were a good team before Diggs came over, and, and that, the Raiders aren't there. So if you're looking for the Raiders to make some blockbuster move, like you know getting to Sean Watson or something like that, well, you still have a terrible defense, and you, you have nothing to do about your defense. So I think you build up to the point where you're ready then to make an addition that changes the game, that puts you over the hump. But the Raiders just aren't that program. They're not well, that franchise they, right now. They're not, Caleb, not wouldn't, the, there. wouldn't the big moves if you just say, all right, because the, the Bills weren't necessarily ready. I'm not going to sit here and do Adam Hill on, on Josh Allen, but let, let's be honest, he was a bottom half of the league quarterback. They looked at it, they're like, all right, we need to help him move into the top ten as a quarterback, the bold move would be the Raiders helping their defense by going and getting some, you know, massive impact guys on defense. That would be the bold move. And I just, I wonder if they're going to do it. I also wonder if they've put themselves in a position 
to do it because of some of the money woes. And maybe maybe Gabe Jackson going bye-bye today is a sign that, hey, they're going to make some blockbuster moves on defense using some of that money they just saved on Gabe Jackson, you know, upwards of almost $10 million. Yeah, absolutely. I think you definitely need to free up some money. And this is, I think we talked a couple weeks ago about extending their car, which I, I'm on board with, but not for, you know, the 160, 150, whatever the number was that was rejected. Saving some of that space to go ahead and make moves. I don't think it's one singular move that you're going to make with the Raiders is, is, I guess, the kind of point that I'm getting. There's no one player, especially on defense, that will change how bad the Raiders' defense was with that move. So, yeah, they can add a bunch of free agents, maybe even trade a Trent Brown. You know, he's got some value to get back. If he still wants to play, if he's going to be in shape and ready to go and be available for other teams, you can get something back from him on the defensive side maybe and start to build that way. But I, I don't think that the Raiders should be in a hurry necessarily with who's available, the kind of contracts that are out there, the free agents. Like, I, like chasing J.J. Watt for $30 million would have been ridiculous, right? Like, I, I mean, if the Raiders signed J.J. Watt to a $30 million deal, that would have been the nail in the coffin for the next three years. And then you, you waste, you know, the offense that you have, the, the young talent that you have that's there um, for cheap that's going to be asking for money three years down the road. So uh, there's just a, a way to do it. I don't think the Raiders are at the point yet where they're ready to sh- strike while the iron's hot and, and capitalize on a big free agent signing or a big blockbuster trade like, like a Stefan Diggs or uh, name another one or Tom Brady free agent signing that really changed things for, for one franchise. Now, if they can have a Buccaneers-type offseason where they bring in five guys that weren't there before and, and that changes, that's, that's one thing. But I don't think the Raiders have the cap space to, to do something like what the Buccaneers did. So it sounds like you think $31 million for J.J. Watt was a bad move by the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I don't think J.J. Watt is three-time defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt, anymore. And this is not saying he's not capable. This is not saying he's you know, not a stud on defensive line. He's plenty capable of, of being an impact player up front in your front four. Um, but I just don't see tying of that much money in an aging star whose availability is becoming a question at this point in his career. Now, the Cardinals have experience with aging stars, obviously with Larry Fitzgerald, 17, 18 seasons, whatever he's got now. But I don't think that J.J. Watt puts them over any kind of hump over the next two years um, to, to actually seriously in the NFC West with, the, you know, the, the Niners, and the Rams kind of leading the crop right now in those in that division. I don't think that J.J. Watt on that defensive line puts that defense or that team into serious contention in the NFC just that move. And that's what that's what a $30 million deal for J.J. Watt at this point in his career seems like. Is that you're trying to win now, and you're trying to, you think J.J. Watt can help you win now. I don't think J.J. Watt helps the Cardinals get over the hump. There was a lot of places I thought J.J. could have gone, maybe not a lot, but a couple, Green Bay leading the – crop there about teams he could go to and win now if that was his his you know his motivation or even the Steelers were mentioned going and trying to win right away um but he, he chose the Cardinals for whatever reason uh, hopefully he competes there and they they can do it but I don't think 30 million dollars was worth it to the Cardinals I could be wrong we'll see when things play out during the season Caleb Herring's with us uh, let's talk a little college sports and also some speech issues I think your take on this could be interesting um well, it's a weird one. Greg McDermott, longtime coach of uh, Creighton University, for some reason during a post-game convo with his team after they lost, said, guys, we've got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everybody to stay on the plantation. I can't, ha- uh, can't have anyone leave the plantation. Uh, he has apologized. The school's apologized. One of the assistant coaches stepped up for him and said, hey, this guy doesn't have a basically a racist bone in his body. 
I just want your take on, you know, if you heard the speech, what would you be thinking? <laughs> it would uh, be awkward, right? Like awkward, like yeah. instantly for, for me, you know, especially in this climate today. Like if, for the past maybe, I'm not going to say four years because I don't want to politicize, but for a while this, this kind of divisive um, history, you know, staying in touch with our history kind of thinking has been sort of lingering under the surface in in society, right? So um, awkward would have been the first thing. Like, did he really just say that? Um, but you can't help but feel that there's, that there's going to be a, a racial implication when you make a statement like that. I mean, I don't know if he's, you know, a history teacher or whatever he has that has his mind on a plantation, but that's not even the most immediate analogy that I would evoke in any situation. Like a plantation's not something that I'm just thinking about <laughs> during a basketball game or, you know, right after a basketball game. So that it was strange that that was the analogy he picked. Um, it kind of reminded me of the, can't let the inmates run the asylum. I think was with the NBA type of thing. So that that kind well, that was of, actually that was the Texans, right? Yeah, so, that I was mean, Bob McNair with the problem. Texans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this is this is like kind of a thing when we use these kind of analogies. I don't necessarily point the finger and say this guy's racist and he doesn't like black people. He's a slave owner. I'm not that extreme with this, but these kind of slips only happen when you have a level of comfortability that you can only enjoy from one side of this issue, right? Like you can talk about the plantations kind of free willy-nilly when the plantation doesn't have a negative connotation for your history and the way you view, you know, American history or, um, you know, with the, with the eyes on the, uh, the eyes of Texas, that kind of song, that song doesn't offend a lot of people because their side of history doesn't take offense to that. Right. And the Confederate flag, the list goes on of these kind of things that are divisive and could rub people the wrong way in a, this like politically correct way. But I, I just don't understand how the plantation even came out of his mouth during a basketball and, and that moment. It just would have been kind of off-putting. And then to follow it up, you know, the university apologizes, the, the coach apologizes, and that's all good. That's what you're supposed to do. But this has happened so many times now. You know, like the, the fact that these coaches and these leaders and these presidents and CEOs are making these statements and, and they're getting out to the public eye now for the first time in history. And now they have to come out and do the, you know, political apologize that's the part that i'm kind of getting fed up with we i feel like we apologize a lot for these things but they just keep happening so um while i i'm I'm sad that it happened i'm sad that people were offended by it to me i i can't change that this is kind of the division in our cultures in our society where history can divide us in such a way where, where the word plantation or the thought of a plantation is is a problem and that's just the america we have to live in and we've got to figure out how to deal with our history in the right way which um, some of these schools and, and colleges across the country are, are definitely going through those hardships right now. Yeah, a lot of times it comes down to being a financial decision, right? Um, if you're winning, you know, administrators don't want to step up to put the kibosh on this stuff. And we saw a bunch of different college basketball programs, you know, over the last year or so have issues with uh, racial insensitivity, just cluelessness, dumbass statements, and outright racism. The Texas State coach got fired. We saw Greg Marshall, who's a giant winner, making like $4 million a year at Wichita. Uh, his abusive behavior gets him kicked to the curb. With McDermott, I don't know if this is uh, like, you know, his 10th time that he's said something like this where everyone in the room is like, what? What are you saying? Like, what's with the insulting stuff? Same thing with the Iowa strength coach. He's a horse's ass. He was using stuff like that. Um, so I want to segue this way. The eyes of Texas you mentioned, um, this is a, in, in a way, it's a, it's a financial decision, which is really sad, but college football is run by money. You've got a lot of the big boosters emailing in and saying, hey, you know what, you're going to play this song. We're getting a little tired of this crap. And then there's the other side, the players, 
uh, if they recognize that, hey, there's some real racial uh, problems to this song, you know, going back in history, and they're saying, hey, we're not comfortable sitting out there, especially after a game, we got to sit out there and sing it? Like, no. Um, this one is completely fascinating to me. I think I know where it's going to go. Uh, I think they're going to side with the money people, and at that point, players have to make a decision, right? Uh, what do you want to be connected to, and do you want to stand up for yourself? What do you do, Caleb? Man, it's unfortunate that to have to, to put a guy in that situation, right, where he has to make that decision because it will come to that, where your moral standing and, you know, the, the ability to live with yourself and who you are um, is, is now in question over a game, over playing football. And at, at a university, that obviously wants your talent and will pay you to play, but will not necessarily, you know, I shouldn't say pay you to play. They'll give you, you know, an education, I guess, to play but will not endorse who you are totally and your, your feelings and your thoughts and opinions and over a song that has obvious, you know, racial roots and, and really hateful roots when you, when you think about it, when the history of the song um, and, and for, for these millionaires um, who really don't understand what it's like to be anybody other than themselves. I, I'm not even going to say they don't understand what it's like to be black and, and sit there and sing that song, but just the, 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 the vigor with which they defend this song and these type of things, um, not just this song, but it, specifically because we have the emails now where guys are saying, you know, that these, the blacks can go, you know, wherever they, they're free. Like almost like, like he thinks it uh, feels like slavery was just abolished yesterday. And like, they're free now they can go where they like that, that sentiment coming from somebody in a position of power is what racism feels like. I mean, this guy has the power to say, I'm going to pull millions of dollars from this educational fund, the, the, the football team, the, the university as a whole, and it's all because of you. So you better keep doing what I tell you. And that's kind of how racism persists, right? Like that's the underlying racial tones that we deal with in, in, in this instance in the sports world where the players are predominantly black, are controlled and influenced by predominantly rich white donors, right? And this is, this is kind of systemic racism in a microcosm here where I agree with you. The song will continue to get played. And maybe you'll see some, you know, some black players enter the transfer portal. Um, but I, like you said, the system will continue to do what it was designed to do. And that right now is to play that alma mater. And who cares who has any different feelings about it? We're going to keep doing what we're doing because we fund this whole operation. There's no easy segue on that because that's a much deeper conversation. And we probably should have a, uh, a longer convo on our podcast about this. Uh, the... Pac-12 football schedule is out. Mountain West still not out, so there's a challenge on that front. They're still dealing with college <laughs> basketball and making sure they uh, they get all their games in in college basketball, which is a story for uh, later in the show. But did you get a chance to look at the Pac-12 schedule? Um, strongly dotted, uh, highlighted early in the season with a lot of non-cons, actually with crossover games between the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. Yeah, those are good games for the Mountain West. Obviously an opportunity to get on sort of the national stage um, playing these um, big-name schools, Power 5 schools. Early in the season, obviously, you know where the Pac-12's mind is at. They're trying to stack a couple of wins early, knock the rust off, whatever the case may be, um, and kind of pay for wins, which is kind of a thing that happens in college football. It's no secret at this point. But it's an opportunity. If you're looking from the Mountain West side to make a name for yourself, to compete at a high level, to be that Cinderella story, maybe pull off an upstate. You know, that that's one of the stories in college sports that we missed with, you know, this conference-only schedule was that team that upsets the big guy, and um, there's opportunity to do that. It's, I think it's, it's long overdue for 
you know, something like this to really be a big deal. I think it hasn't been, I can't remember, and maybe I'm overlooking, maybe uh, Reno over Purdue, I think, would be considered an upset, but where a Mountain West team really stepped up to the challenge and upset a team on a national stage and got some attention for it. So um, I, I love when these games happen, when these crossover matchups happen between conferences, especially when we go power five to group of five. Um, I think there's an entertainment value that you get from college sports that only happens in that storyline. So yeah. good for the, the conference to, to continue to land those, and hopefully uh, they get a couple of wins in this, in this uh, kind of crossover matchup this season. Yeah, San Diego State, and we're talking to Caleb Herring, uh, voice of UNLV football, along with Russ Langer. He played the game, played quarterback. He's our football insider here on Wednesdays. San Diego State's pulled off a couple of good upsets against the Pac-12. Um, in my mind, they've well, I, they have to win this game. They're going against Arizona, which, you know, normally, hey, it's Arizona, it's Pac-12. Arizona's on the, on the rebuild here, so San Diego State's got to win that game. Um, you know, got to take care of business. But the biggest one, unless I'm overlooking it, early on there's a date with uh, – Southern Cal opener against San Jose State. San Jose yeah, State can win that. San Jose State can win that game. They definitely. I mean, they could. I mean, they the way they played last season, and with a lot of those guys coming back, a lot of you know quarterbacks back, um, the the team as a whole, both of them, you know, because of the eligibility stuff. I know they're losing one of the receivers, I believe, to the draft. But San Jose State had a really dramatically better season than we've seen from them. Right? They, I mean, finishing at the top of the conference in definitely showed their best foot last season. Was that lightning in a bottle? Was that a one-time deal? I don't know. We'll see. But with, you know, the program kind of still intact from last year, the roster for the most part intact from last year, hopefully they can compete because that would be an awesome upset if if San Jose State came in and, and, you know, upset USC. Now, the the backside of that, for my my West Coast upbringing, I I have to say I'm a Pac-10, 12 guy. Right. Um, those kind of games don't bode well for the Pac-12, right? Like if San Jose knocks USC off or even plays them well with the way that the Pac-12 kind of receives some slack in the, the, you know, the national conversation, that could be doomed for the Pac-12, right? But I guess now in Mountain West, guys, and the alumni for UNLV, it, it's all about the Mountain West right now. Can we do something to kind of springboard the Mountain West in the conversation? And San Jose State over USC would be a great one, obviously, UNLV over Arizona State would be the, the upset that I'm pulling for, but um, either way would, would be awesome for the conference. Caleb, good job, man. We'll talk to you. All right, guys. Have a good one. There he is. Caleb Herring, former Rebel, played quarterback. He's on the radio broadcast and uh, joins us every Wednesday. Von Tobel's here. It's Cofield. We're at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside the TI. We're getting ready for a uh, puck party here as the Golden Knights uh, play the Wild tonight. We've got basketball just across uh, the way over at the Thomas and Mac with UNLV taking on San Diego State. That'll be right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Silver 7's Hotel and Casino and William Hill Race and Sportsbook are teaming up for another great year of exciting sports action. Sign up for a William Hill Nevada mobile sports account and you'll receive a $50 bonus on top of your $50 deposit by using promo code GET50. Plus, Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has newly remodeled rooms, redesigned suites, new private cabanas, and an updated spacious gaming floor with over 400 slot machines and $3 electronic table games. Don't miss all the action at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino on the corner of Flamingo and Paradise. The cast 
cast iron skillet, the barbecue reverse here, Pittsburgh style. I'm doing it all now with my steaks. Thanks to meetupvegas.com. Great steaks deserve special care. And meetupvegas.com is where you can get the best stuff. This is not grocery store meat. Never sold to the public before until now. It's meetupvegas.com, M-E-A-T, Vegas.com. Specializing in USDA-graded prime and certified Angus beef. Plus, they've got supreme chicken, lamb, turkey, and pork. You go to meetupvegas.com, use the code COFIELD for a discount. Go there now, meetupvegas.com. It's meetupvegas.com. When it comes to car batteries, you've got questions like, does it still have a good charge in it? Or where can I have it checked? If the battery has been idle for a few months or more, it probably needs to be charged. And you should also have your vehicle batteries inspected at least twice a year, just to be sure you're not losing any starting power, especially after hot summers and cold winters. Just bring the battery into any authorized interstate dealer for a test. If it does need a boost, they'll put it on a charger. And most interstate battery dealers perform this service for free. And if the battery is dead, replace it with a new interstate. A lot of people won't call an attorney to help them get out of debt because they're afraid they'll get pushed into a bankruptcy. Not a Panda Law Firm. We're a full-service debt relief law firm, and that means we review all your options with you. During your free consultation, Panda attorneys will talk to you about bankruptcy, debt consolidation, and debt settlement. Then we'll work to figure out the best option for you. When you need help with your personal or business debt, call Panda Law 702. For Dustin DeHart's Club 99, back to Steve Cofield. Uh, this is where we rate something every day, 0 to 99. Most days we, we rate something. Um, social media influencers, go. Well, it depends on which one. Me? 99. But the, the true, sorry, John, but the true social media influencers <laughs> who actually are making money off of the stuff yeah. and are sought out, what do you think? What do you think of the whole concept? I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant if you are an influencer, right, to essentially live an affluent lifestyle and get paid for it. I, I, from that perspective, do I wish I were one? Absolutely. And from the other side, I mean, you're paying somebody to ingest your product, whatever it is, whether you're a club, whether you're something else, and it's going to be out there. People admire said person, and they, they will buy it. So I think on both ends, from a business perspective, I think it's a very smart thing. So why do people get so mad? Because they wish they were them. Yep. <laughs> that's pretty They're easy. jealous. Easy. As an older person, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I feel lost. I'm scrambling. Like, wait, can I do this? Probably not. Right. Like, last night I was just – I. so I read a story in the RJ headline, can social media influencers lure tourists back to Las Vegas? Part of the plan from the LVCVA is and, – and other local businesses, the casinos – they're going to use social media influencers all over TikTok and Instagram and, you know, picture and video-based stuff with these folks. Lots of them are young who have hundreds of thousands of followers, if not millions. That's part of the plan to be like, Vegas is cool. Please come back. Here's the sights and sounds. And I look at it. I'm like, wait, you can make money doing that? Like, how do I do that? But I don't know how to do that. But I don't get mad. It's more like, hey, dumbass, how do you do that? Last night I, I was reading this and I'm like, I just bought this thing from Trader Joe's. I got some chili onion crunch, mm-hmm. and I was like, here's a picture. What do I do with this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to, like, well, feeble attempts. Like, yeah. just random picture. Like That's wrong. You're supposed what, what should I do? You're, as an influencer, you're supposed to use okay. the chili. What is it? Chili onion? It was a chili onion crunch, and I had seen okay. it used on TikTok on some pot stickers. And I had tried my own janky version. Mm-hmm. 
the day before, and I was like, I'm going to go get that. So see how that, that actually it worked. It worked on you. It worked on me. Um, but here's the problem. I used it on something else last night, but it didn't look very appetizing, so I was like, I can't put that picture up. Right. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a little chatter, a little, little TJ's chatter. The kids like that stuff. But I, I don't know. It's like you're just throwing stuff out there. I'm being ridiculous. But that's how much power people have. Think about that. Vegas power brokers are like, we have to go to these many times nameless, faceless people that no one's ever heard of, but enough people on the Internet have heard of. That's going to be one of our paths to get people back here. Okay. Should be. I mean, it's, Crazy, right? It's a really smart thing to do, at least to show. And I think part of it, too, is when you get somebody in action, like somebody on the, full, uh, like on the floor here, ground zero, I guess you want to call it, but also show you can have a good time, it's still safe, all those sort of things. That kind of helps, other than just come to Vegas. Because like, there's this, still this like, – Kurt Heelan the other day covers the NBA. Like, he tweeted something out ridiculous, like, yep, can't wait for the All-Star break where all these people go to Vegas where nobody wears masks. And I'm like, you one, you don't know that. And, like, and two, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the clubs, I think, are not open. Right. <laughs> That's the other part about it. But regardless, it helps to have somebody out here and to show what the experience is going to be like in the middle of a pandemic. If And, again, if you're jealous or you think this is a really stupid concept, it clearly produces results. The other thing is it actually is not that easy. There, Like you just said, there's a concept to it. Um, I know I'm on TikTok all the time, and I watch the videos. I'm like, my God, how long did that thing take? Right. Like, I would, I'd love to do stuff like that. Like, you know, there's, a, there's like, I don't know, probably 15 or 20 prominent Vegas TikToks that I see, and it's just like, you know, video clip, 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 clip. I'm like, this is work. So anyone out there is like, oh, stupid, can't believe they're making money. Like, there's actually a concept behind it. There's innovation, and there's work. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually wonder if, and this is not, we're very lucky. All of us got really lucky for the most part. And not everyone in our building did, right? But for the most part, in where we are in media, we were able to keep our jobs. We were all very close to, you know, hey, get the hell out. Maybe you come back in a year. Correct. I wonder how many sports media people have looked at social media and they've gone, man, maybe that's where it's at. Maybe I get to do my own brand and there's something there. Yeah, there is. I mean, Or just being like, no jobs, I'm screwed. The tough part is getting it, like starting from ground zero, right? Like you're, you know, it's it's the uh, it's, it's the grind, old vine. If the, it's the old <laughs> vine. I don't know if you ever saw the old vine where the one guy's on top of the parking garage and he's playing like some techno music on like the speaker, and there's just two guys down there below dancing. Like that's what you start out with, yep. and you you have to be willing to kind of grind through that and realize like nobody's going to click on your stuff, nobody's going to use your stuff for a really long time. Like that's right. really hard. It's tough to do. Coach JVT, Coach JVT. The young guy on the show, although getting old quickly. And I'm not even sure you could do a TikTok right now. I think you're too old. Oh, please. I could do anything I want. Well, yeah, I think your wife showed us that the uh, the easy path early on would be cats. Also, the algorithm, I think, from what I understand, allows you to get one hit on TikTok when you start up. And then, ooh, yeah. But your uh, your wife actually did have, like, a really good cat video. Jeez. So I don't know what the hell I'm doing. She think it's up to, like, 3.6 million views or something like that. Hello. Yeah. I got cats all over the place. But now she's mad because she keeps posting TikToks and they're not catching no, up. Not getting, you know? <laughs> that was your, your 15 trying, minutes of I'm fame. Like, I'm like, Wait, how come I can't it? get $3.6 million every time? Right. Because like, it's hard. It. Yep. It's really hard. Uh, John Murray is up in uh, about five minutes. He's going to talk about uh, the conference odds and uh, what's going on in the NBA as we've seen a lot of movie money, uh, movie? money moving around when it comes to the, uh, the title odds. And also the MVP is a pretty heated discussion right now. 
Club 99 is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Want to talk interest rates and ask about getting your mortgage tuned up? Dustin is Cofield's real estate guy. He needs to be yours, too. Call Dustin DeHart at 577-2600. This traffic report is brought to you by Best Mattress. Get free Tempur-Pedic pillows with the purchase of any Tempur-Pedic mattress. Accident being reported 95 northbound at Eastern Avenue. And be aware, some winds in the area tonight until around 7 o'clock. Could be gusty at times with clouds. Overnight lows tonight in the 40s. This traffic report is brought to you by Best Mattress. Get free Tempur-Pedic pillows with the purchase of any Tempur-Pedic mattress. You want the best sleep? Get the best mattress. Tempur-Pedic Best Mattress has the entire line. And right now, get two free Tempur-Pedic pillows with the purchase of any Tempur-Pedic mattress. Best Mattress. Sleep easy, friends. License number NSCP 79415 079414. Hey, Wacky Zacky, what you doing? Playing? What are you playing with? Our new 24-7 scheduling system. This sucker's amazing. Yeah, you can schedule us to be at your house when it's convenient for you, not when it's convenient for us. The right way, not the easy way, huh, Kenny? The right way, not the easy way. But folks can still call us, right? Of course they can. We're not taking anything away. We're just making it easy for Kettle customers to get what they want, when they want it. This online scheduling system is some exciting technology. With 114 patents, technology is what we're known for, Zach. This new system lets people schedule AC and plumbing repairs while they're at work, or while waiting for their kids, or watching old reruns of MacGyver. You like MacGyver? Everybody likes MacGyver. Where is this new online system that lets people schedule what they want, when they want it? Gettle.com, of course. Gettle. G-O-E-T-T-L. We'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Sign up today for a new William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports account, and you can earn a $50 bonus on top of your original $50 or more deposit using promo code GET50. That's promo code GET50. The William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app allows you to bet on the go from any iPhone, iPad, or Android device from anywhere in Nevada. Sign up today, and you'll never miss another bet. With the largest wagering menu, the mobile sports app features live in-play betting on football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, and tennis. For more information, visit williamhill.us. William Hill is a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Jesse's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. As a nurse, not making it to work was not an option. But driving through the snow with my wiper blades struggling, I just didn't feel safe. So I pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and before I knew it, an employee was offering to install the wiper blades on my car. I got to stay out of the snow for a moment, and I still made it to work on time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Lincoln Black Label is your invitation to a uniquely elevated automotive experience revolving around you, including pickup and delivery, premium maintenance, vehicle care, Lincoln Concierge, travel collection, and culinary collection. Finley Lincoln is here to surprise and delight you all the way through your effortless experience. Thinking Lincoln? Then think Finley Lincoln in the Valley Auto Mall, Nevada's only standalone Lincoln Black Label dealership. Las Vegas home values have skyrocketed and interest rates are at all-time lows. That means it's time to call Nova Home Loans, 877-700-NOVA. It's Steve Cofield. I'm telling you, you got to get your mortgage tuned up at Nova Home Loans. In less than 30 minutes, they'll tell you how much your house has appreciated. With that equity, improve your home. Set up a pandemic relief fund or even pay off mounting debt. I got my mortgage tuned up at Nova Home Loans, got money out of the house, and my monthly payment still went down over $200. Call Nova Home Loans now, 877-700-6682. That's 877-700. 
If you've been charged with a crime or DUI, don't gamble with your lawyer. You need an experienced lawyer who knows how to deliver the most effective defense and get results. Call the Vegas Lawyers at 702-707-7000. That's the Vegas Lawyers, 702-707-7000. TheVegasLawyers.com, 702-707-7000. Lawyer up. Many seniors do not understand the full market value of their life insurance policy. Your life insurance policy is a personal asset. And just like a house, you can sell your policy on the open market through licensed buyers. Many seniors need more cash for retirement or even to pay emergency financial expenses. Selling your life insurance policy can be a lucrative option. If the policyholder is a senior and wishes to find out if they are eligible to stop paying premiums and receive a sizable cash payment greater than the surrender value of the policy, they should call CashInValue.com, 1-833-3-CASH-IN. To learn more, visit CashInValue.com or speak with their friendly specialist at 1-833-3-CASH-IN. Find out the true value of your policy. Visit CashInValue.com or call 1-833-3-CASH-IN. CashInValue.com is a marketing website operated by Lotus Internet Corporation and is not a licensed provider or broker and does not represent sellers. CashInValue.com will refer qualified sellers to the appropriate licensed buyer. We recommend you consult your own advisors. Boomer Naturals face covers and neck gaiters are the most comfortable, breathable, safest face covers on the market, offering a hat trick of three layers of silver-infused protection. Pick up yours today at CVS. While there is hope on the horizon, we still need to stay vigilant. Don't take a chance with your family's health and safety. Wear a face cover by Boomer Naturals. Ask for Boomer products by name. Boomer Naturals. Available now at CBS. Boomer Naturals is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights. If you need to buy a home, call Dustin DeHart. If you want the best rates with service, that's great. Dustin DeHart with Nova Home Loans. Record high property values and interest rates still at record lows. Hey, it's Cofield. I'm telling you, it's time to call Dustin DeHart and Nova Home Loans to get that mortgage tuned up or purchase your dream home today. NMLS 25011, branch NMLS 7772600. Yeah, we're live from TI. Golden Circle, John Von Tobel. The Johns have it. John Murray's with us. What up, buddy? John, what's going on, man? This feels like a Sunday NFL show. All right. It's just me and you and none of the boys. Hey, you Angel's here, too? It's like it's, it's yeah. a reunion. All I need is a black coffee and to, you know, be dressed unprofessionally <laughs> in sweatpants and a backwards hat, and it would be good. But uh, I am not. I have a nice polo pullover and my glasses on, so I look a lot more professional. Clark Kent-esque, if you I will. can picture that. I can, it's better when we do the show in person, but are we going <laughs> to – are we going to stick to just NBA talk, or is this going to be a more expansive show? Well, it'll be a little expansive, but I, I would like to start with the NBA, and it's fitting because as we speak, uh, your boy Kyrie Irving is on the floor. Just to hit it, they are in Houston, the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Houston Rockets. I will say this, and let me ask you, um, because a hot topic this year has been MVP. And I'm actually, I, I don't know how you feel about it, John, but like I'm amazed by it because I honestly feel like if we reach the end of the season right now and the odds are kind of reflecting it, if I were to tell you any one of Joel Embiid, uh, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, and James Harden were to win the award, would, like, would you be insanely shocked by it? I'd be a little surprised if, if it was Harden or Curry. 
if I, to be honest with you. But th- those first three guys you named, James, yeah. Embiid, Jokic, those guys are one, two, three in order of our odds at the Westgate. And I don't know how you could really argue with any of them. I yep. think LeBron is crazy for playing every night, night after night, night after night. I think it's ridiculous, but he's doing it, and he's playing at an extremely high level. So right now we have him as the two to one favorite. Joel B, Joel Embiid just behind him at uh, seven to two. You uh, you guys have been shortening up Harden though, have you not? We definitely have, yeah. and, and Harden's all the way down to sixteen to one. He was as high as one hundred to one yep. at one point. So right now he's sixteen to one, and that's just us moving on air though. We haven't really taken much money on James Harden here. So he, he's a guy we're in a pretty good spot on. And we do well on LeBron. We do okay on LeBron. We do really well on Joel Embiid because, you know, Ed Sammons is a shameless Philadelphia 76ers homer. Of course. He would never put us in a position to lose on Joel Embiid. Uh, his, uh, his boy in action right now. They are down 10 to the – actually make that 8 to the Utah Jazz at home. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, let me ask you from a futures perspective, uh, prior to the season, uh, I would assume – and uh, I don't like to, but I would assume that you guys were pretty heavy on the Los Angeles Lakers. What has this shaked out to be over the last few months as we have seen these teams now in action? Well, it's massive Lakers liability, uh, which is what you expect. Big liability on the Golden State Warriors. You know, we, we took all kinds of money on them, 200-1, 100-1. They're our biggest liability in the pool, followed by the Nets, your beloved Brooklyn Nets. We've got them all the way down to plus 275 co-favorites with the Lakers. <laughs> we lose a lot on the Nets. I'm not, uh, there's no... Uh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. The, the team that could be our saving grace, the Utah Jazz. You know, we've got them all the way down at six to one. We do very well on them. Very deep team. They can bomb from three. And how about this angle? Fans in the stands yeah. during the postseason in Salt Lake City. Something I really don't think we're going to see for the Lakers or the Nets or the Clippers. Yep. I do wonder what that effect is going to be like. I, I have uh, I have a little project at work that I'm going to start working on in terms of tracking, you know, arenas that have allowed fans and if there's any difference in terms of their home court performances. Because what are we talking? If I remember correctly, I think the Jazz are only like like 3,500 something like that. Yeah, you know, it's a very small number now. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But I, I'm thinking maybe by the time we get into May June time, looks like things are easing up a little a little bit restrictions wise. I would, I would think there would be a lot of fans in Salt Lake City by the time we get into the deep rounds of the playoffs. Uh, I mean, we assume the Jazz are still in there. Given what just happened in Texas, I'm surprised for this game against the Rockets, they haven't just, like, packed the stands. Like, yeah. let's, just, let's yeah. go. Well, I think that starts March 10th, John. Okay. I think, uh, I think that was what Governor Abbott said. But, yeah, I mean, I don't – but, you, you, you know, realistically, you, you don't expect to see that with the Lakers or the yeah. Clippers or the Nets. It's just something we're, we're, we're thinking about. The Sixers, mm-hmm. you wouldn't see that there, but – it's something we're looking at. We're thinking about it when we talk about the futures on the NBA. Yes, also the Rockets uh, practicing social distancing just because their team sucks, and uh, maybe nobody will go to those games. <laughs> and so you might be able to get a seat uh, with you know six feet of distance between everybody else. John Murray's with us, director of the, uh, the Westgate Superbook. Uh, all right, before we get off of the NBA, I will ask you, uh, you kind of alluded to the positives of the Utah Jazz, but I will take you back to two years ago, John Murray. Remember, they won a playoff series against the Oklahoma City Thunder with Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, That year, they actually, in the second half, went 21-2 and over a 23-game stretch. Do you buy the Utah Jazz? Because we have seen insane runs from them before. I think this is a much deeper team, and this is a team with a better understanding of the three-point shot. So, yeah, I, I absolutely buy them more. This year than I did two years ago, a year ago. But you know that the NBA, the postseason, is a different beast. It's completely different than the regular season. And there's still those two teams in L.A. that have so much talent. 
and, and an emerging young team in Phoenix, too. Let's not forget about the Sun. Yep. Uh, they're, they're a team. Very good win last night, despite Devin Booker being tossed from the game for some reason. Uh, and uh, certainly they're a team. I don't think they're on the level of the other three teams I just mentioned, but they're a team to watch as well. Yeah, don't forget about my Clippers uh, very much. No, I have a lot of no, time. no. The Clippers, are, the Clippers uh, they've got the – They've got the depth, and they've got the two superstars. I would never forget about them. Where, where are you guys at with the futures of them? There is, and it's granted, right, like the, the perception that the, you know, they're a soft team, everything that happened in the bubble last year, they lose in a big primetime spot to Milwaukee where they go 0-9 from the floor. Like I would assume uh, perception helps the fact that, the, I'm, like one, liability-wise, you don't have much on them, and the other is you get bigger numbers than you probably should with them. Well, we, don't, we have them at 5-1 right now, yeah. which you know I would say that that's not exactly stealing. And it just yeah. – it just speaks to how much we respect that team. We know how dangerous they are, and we know they can turn it on in the postseason. Whereas a, a team like Milwaukee, we don't necessarily trust them to do that, even though we, they, we know how great Giannis is, but we don't really trust the Bucks to turn it on in the postseason the way we think, we think the Clippers are capable of it. All right, let's switch gears really quickly. A very, very good fight card coming up this weekend. What has the action been like for you, John? What are you looking at? A lot of money on Israel Adesanya in the main yeah. event. Uh, he's moving up in weight, challenging for the 205-pound title, and he's saying he's only going to weigh about 193 pounds on fight night, which I find pretty interesting. A lot of big bets on him. Sharp money on Aljamain Sterling. He's fighting Petr Jan, another title bout the same night. That price has come all the way down from plus 120 to minus 110. Wow. And then you've got the uh, Megan Anderson's fighting Amanda Nunez. The public is betting on Anderson because they don't want to lay $11 on Nunez, but it's just it's always hard to picture Amanda Nunez losing a sanctioned bout. Do you get, I don't know that I would ever bank on that. When you look at like, uh, disparities like that, right, where you're talking about Amanda Nunez in the range of like 11 bucks, uh, when you have your sharper betters in mixed martial arts come in, do they attack prices like that or do they actually go to the secondary market, you know, bet finish, round props, things like that? I'd be careful going into those markets like that. You're talking yeah. about the method of victory, the, the round, because those, those markets have big, uh, much bigger hold percentages. Yep. The books want you to bet into those markets. And, and, the, and the short answer would be usually when you've got a big favorite like this, an $11 favorite, your sharper players just don't even get involved in the fight. John Murray, director of the Westgate Superbook. John, I'm being told that, I, that I'm getting the hook, so I'll leave the floor to you. Soccer, just give me a soccer tidbit. Go. Uh, Liverpool Football Club plays Chelsea tomorrow, and they play next Wednesday in the Champions League. That's why I'm not going to be available to do the show next Wednesday, taking nice. the day off to watch Liverpool. All right, well. It's also uh, birthday. What, oh, happy birthday. Look at that. I like it. Happy birthday. I would assume that is uh, Kelly in Vegas who just shouted that in the background. Am I correct? Uh, maybe. Okay. Maybe. I can't identify her. Well, well uh, best wishes to, to you on your birthday, and say what up to Kelly. Thank you, John. All right, Johnny. See you. See you later, man. John Murray, director of the Westgate Superbook. All right, uh, we will take our break. When we come back, uh, we have a lot left to get to here on Cofield and Company before we send you off to Running Rebel warm-up. But on the other side, Steve Cofield with CBS Sports Network's Chris Walker. Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Listen Saturday at 445 as Belmont looks to take their 18th Ohio Valley Conference Championship. The road to the tournament runs through ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Bell Solar and Electrical, 2020 Best of Las Vegas Gold Winner. You want the best sleep? Get the best mattress. 
Tempur-Pedic, best mattress has the entire line. And right now, get two free Tempur-Pedic pillows with a purchase of any Tempur-Pedic mattress. Best mattress. Sleep easy, friends. Las Vegas, are you ready to rock? Get over to Finley Toyota right now and let us show you our VIP lineup. Roll up to your next gig with style in a new Camry or grab a new rugged Tacoma to haul your gear around. Finley has got what you need and our state-of-the-art service center and amazing customer service will have you feeling like a rock star. Visit us today or schedule an appointment at FinleyToyota.com. Finley Toyota, we'll do Afternoon drive with a hammer. It's Cofield and Company. To say this generation is so selfish. Selfish is for his family. To make sure that he can maximize his draft stock and take care of himself so that he can take care of his family potentially for generations to come? That's selfish? You know what's selfish? Is to ask a kid to sacrifice that so that you can potentially get to an NCAA tournament because your team sucks right now. That's what's selfish. It's Cofield and Company. Weekdays at 2 on ESPN Las Vegas. Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket. Pushing a wet, heavy mop around. Then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer WetJet. With Swiffer WetJet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet. The faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors. Did you miss a show? Listen to podcasts from all your favorite ESPN Las Vegas shows at lvsportsnetwork.com. KWWN Las Vegas and KLAV Las Vegas. Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company. We're getting ready for UNLV and San Diego State. An added game on the schedule. Chris Walker, longtime assistant all around college basketball, including... The Mountain West is on the game tonight with uh, Jason Horowitz, and I uh, wanted to come right out and get your opinion on these added games around the country and the challenges for coaches because, uh, you know, yesterday in the Mountain West was not a good day for Boise State. They have this added game, and Fresno is a pain in the keister, and Fresno got them. Yeah, they did get them, and uh, it's, you know, it's what the times that we're in now, Steve. You know, it's just one of those things where coaches want to get games in, but at this time of the year, when you're dealing with the Jerry Palms and all those different guys, the prognosticators that are saying who's the last four in, last four out, right now, you know, I'm not saying less ga- less is more, but if you're the Mountain West right now, you, what happened last night is your worst nightmare, and I'm sure the running Rebels would love to play spoiler tonight as well. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I, I was disturbed by a lot of the Boise State community uh, railing about this. I mean, in the end, you were scheduled to play these games – you should be prepped to play this week. I know it's a tough position, but I, I, just, I don't know. I wasn't buying the excuses. Fresno's a solid team, but you you got to win Fresno. You can't you got to beat that team. You can't all of a sudden turn to Craig Thompson and go, you know, this is your fault. I mean, Justin Hudson's an excellent uh, basketball coach. You guys just split with him last week. And, you know, they're to be respected. And, and here's the deal. If you're in college basketball, you have to show up every single night. Look what happened to Rutgers the other day when they played Nebraska without their best player. Look what happened to Tennessee when they played without Sharif Cooper. They won. Uh, Xavier without Nate Johnson. You have to show up every single night. If someone, that's what these kids are doing, right? That's what a co- that's your job, right? To coach basketball. And at the end of the day, Derek Alston didn't play well the last two games. Yep. That has nothing to do with Fresno State. You got to take care of business. And if you can't beat Fresno State, 
and you're going into the and you're limping to the Mountain West Conference, you, you're telling me you're deserving of an at-large bid. You got to handle your business. That's what it comes down. To. Chris Walker's with us, uh, former college assistant coach, working with CBS Sports, and he's on the game tonight. UNLV taking on San Diego State. So in the Mountain West Conference, before we break down this game, I got to get your take on uh, the New Mexico situation. You were an assistant coach there with Steve Alford. You know, in in a lot of ways. Uh, the Vegas program in New Mexico are kindred spirits in terms of expectations, uh, sometimes falling short, um, and also trying to find the right guy to be the coach. Tell the audience here, what what is that job like? Because it has massive potential, but the man, the expectations are high, and I've already seen the list of candidates, and I'm like, man, I think we need to get a little more realistic in Albuquerque. Was I on that? Was I on that list? No, I'm just joking. But what I've, <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest with you, I, I went to New Mexico. Uh, I took probably seven players from Texas there uh, when I came there, and then uh, White King Jones, who was the head coach at Cal, he followed me with Tony Snell and and Gordon and Kendall Williams, and that thing just took off. And Ryan Miller was there before he became an associate coach at Auburn, and and that was the the Australian connection. Yep. So and then obviously at the top of the uh, the of the. Uh, the purse, we had Steve Alford, an excellent coach, along with Craig Noodlesville. So we had a great uh, mixture of what it takes to win. To your point, the expectations are there because it's 15000 a game, no matter if me, you, and three other people are playing pickup. That is the expectation, and there's nothing else going on. I hate to say that other than minor league baseball. Yeah. There's nothing else going on in New Mexico, and they live and die by that program the same way they do in small towns in the SEC. It's no different. So you got to have a guy that understands the landscape. Recruiting's a lot different now because they've done it with transfers and stuff. Well, you got to get the right transfers. You got to get the right freshmen because again, you don't have a recruiting base there. And so it's a difficult job in that respect. But here's the deal: every like we had J.R. Giddens when I was there from from Kansas, and he was on his last leg, and he ended up being Mountain West Player of the Year. You you got to do a phenomenal job, and it's unacceptable to win when you have uh, not to win when you have that type of fan base. And uh, I, I, Paul is a friend, so I don't want to besmirch him. And you can talk to me all day long about the names and everything. New Mexico is a tough job if you cannot get the players there. And I love coaching is great, okay? And I like Frank Vogel, but Frank Vogel has LeBron. Right. Like Frank Vogel before he got there, who was he and who is he now? So my thing is you have to have somebody that understands a recruiting angle. of, And, that's, that's, and that landscape has gotten a lot more difficult and uh, and you made a point about LMU, I mean, uh, UNLV and, and New Mexico being similar. And I actually talked to TJ about this. I said, hey, UNLV will probably never be what Tark was, but they can definitely be what Lon was at UNLV. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, they were very successful during that time. And uh, and, and, and UNLV, they, I mean, and New Mexico had their run with Steve. We just couldn't get it done in the NCAA tournament. You got to get a little lucky, but no one's going to be upset with 30 and five or, you know, it, it shouldn't right. be what it is, is my point. Yeah. And, you know, the challenge for T.J. Altsberger is uh, you mentioned the transfers. Like, do you build a program with some transfers? Do you tear it all down and build from the ground up? He's trying to build from the ground up. And the reason I mentioned New Mexico and UNLV together, there's almost no patience. So, like, if you're building right. it from the ground up, you need a year and a half. You need two years. And you can already see, even in a COVID year, some Rebel fans are like, hey, what's going on here? How come we're not winning right away? Well, you know, UNLV fans are – and I played at Villanova, coached at Villanova, and – and at the end of the day, you, you have to understand expectations are just off the charts for, and TJ and I talked about, you know, 
what are the expectations of Vegas? I'm like, when I was a kid, they had LJ, right? Big my grandma Ma from Dallas. They had Anderson Hunt and, 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 and Greg Anthony. It's different now. UNLV is not the same. Recruiting and kids, th- those things are in the past. I remember talking to Patrick Ewan. I say, Patrick, do any of those guys know what you meant to Georgetown? Like what, how transcendent you were? He's got kids in this program thinking they can beat him in a one-on-one or they're thinking they're just as good as him. So my point is UNLV – is is that that those days are so far gone but as i said before getting transfers vegas is a very attractive place but if you're going to come play for tj osberg you better play defense you better be a good guy you can't come there for vegas you got to come there to be a baller and so it's really finding that type of player which i think they can and i think they will it just it just takes time to build and and if people are saying stuff like that they're unrealistic about what college basketball is. Stop living in the past, living in the future. It's a much different landscape than it was. And think about it. When they allowed the NIL where you can pay players, when they allowed immediate transfers, and now you're giving kids an extra year to come back, and now that pant transfer portal is on fire right now, you have so many things that those guys are juggling right now. And, and with Vegas, you have to be so careful that you get the right guy because if you get the wrong kid that comes in for the wrong reasons – now you got to worry about a whole bunch of different things that more pro- that most programs do not have to worry about. So I don't envy TJ's position, but I think that given what he the hand he's been dealt, he's done an amazing job. Well, you know, Vegas fans look down the road, and you know, there's certainly a jealousy factor. San Diego State wasn't very good for the longest time, but my God, what they've built in the last 20 years is amazing. I want you to talk about how they've built that and how the the continuity has moved on here from Fisher to Dutcher and they just seem to they just reload every year well they were Joe Fisher and it's a little bit unfair to, for the Vegas fans because Fisher and Dutcher were joined at the hip they were together at Michigan so it was basically a continuation of what's been going on it's like Dutcher was really not that Steve Fisher wasn't an integral part of what's going on but Dutcher has been there the whole time you know what I mean so and they got lucky with a guy like think about it Kawhi Leonard goes to like how does that happen how does he not play in the Pac-12 you know what I mean so things like that same way Tony Snell at New Mexico how does that happen so uh, with that being said, it's, it's, it's not an exact science. Now, I will be honest with you. That's, they talk about Gonzaga on the West Coast. San Diego State's been one of, one of the most successful programs on the West Coast as well. And it ain't bad down there with the Vegas Center. Yep. And, you know, it's the greatest show on, on earth in, the, in Southern California. And, you know, they got a lot to sell, great campus, great home court advantage, and they have great tradition. So it's hard to maintain that type of position. Uh, 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 consistency, but the point I was making is because they had Steve Fisher and Dutcher was already there, they didn't have to do what UNLV is doing to move from lawn to move the, okay, different style, tear it all up. I like it this way. Now you got to go to T. Well, I don't like these players. This is the way I play. It's very different to build that way. And they didn't have to do that. And, you know, they've done it with some transfers down there. Yeah. You know, they had Malachi Flynn last year from Washington State. They've done it different ways as well. And it's just, again, they've had consistency in hiring and coaching. That's really what's happened down there, more importantly. Chris Walker's with us. Why is their defense so good? You know what? You, if you're not going to play on that team if you don't play defense. Now, they do have a rim protector in there, right? You got Mbaka with UNLV, but they have Nathan Mensa, who has grown into a really, really, really good player over time. And you need a rim protector. If you want to push up on people, they do a great job analytically – knowing who's the guy we're going to play a certain way and who we're going to allow to do what he wants to do, what the usage rates are of the best players, slow them down, and then the guys that are not as good make their usage rates go up higher because now the better players aren't shooting the basketball. 
And then that's what they do. They saw, they do such a good uh, job of doing that. And they play with a certain pace on offense. And it's just really hard because they dig in and, and you can't score on those guys. And if you can't score, Dutcher is one thing. The one thing that's funny is when you look at a Southern California team and people think about California or West Coast basketball, they always think running gun. They never think defense. And they've done a good job of transforming that. And like I said before, if you don't play basketball, if you don't play defense, you're not playing for Brian Dutcher. And that's the identity that they, they brought. It was started with Kawhi Leonard. And now it's like that's their identity. The claw is their identity. And they're one of the best in the country at it. In a lot of ways, San Diego State is almost a Belichickian, like Bill Belichick is plan going in with the Patriots. If you've got a guy, we're going to take away your guy. And San Diego Absolutely. State's been brilliant at that. So you wonder how UNLV with, you know, they have a guy. Bryce, David Jenkins yeah. is very good, but Bryce Hamilton yeah. is awesome. To me, the challenge for UNLV is to play, a, you know, a flow on offense and move the ball. But that's not always easy when all of a sudden everything's going to Bryce Hamilton. Yeah, and it's, and it's tough because, like you said, you're very predictable at that standpoint. And I know talking to TJ yesterday in, in their uh, games where he averages about five assists, I think they're undefeated this year. So now the challenge is not necessarily to get him to be a distributor more because that's not really his role. He's really a scorer. The question is, when he does pass, can the other guys make the shots against a really good team uh, defensively like San Diego State? So they don't have that. You know, Marvin Coleman was a big loss. Coleman was a huge loss for these guys because, again, if they have him, it's probably a much different deal. You have a 33-day uh, pause. So they're dealing with some issues, but no one cares, by the way, Steve. No one cares because the games are moving forward. They, If they want to beat San Diego State, A, they got to play mistakeless basketball. You can't turn the ball over on these guys. Every possession has to matter, and you have to do a, a, a great job of finding Shiko. You tackle. You got to guard him at all times. And, and, if, and, if, and, and from a standpoint of scoring, Bryce Hamilton's got to get to the foul line. I'm surprised. I was looking at stats. He doesn't get to the foul line enough for a guy that doesn't shoot threes well. And a really good score, but don't get to the foul line. He should have had over 100 free, uh, uh, free throws by now. So he shoots a lot of twos is what it seems like. And, you know, analytically, those shots aren't great. David Jenkins hasn't made a three in the last two games, 0 for 8 in the last two games. They're going to need some stuff like that. Caleb, like they're going to need those, that, that, three, that three-headed monster. They're going to have to play really well. And guess what? Last year, guess what they did? They broke the streak down there. Now they have a chance to play spoiler again. I, I, if I'm the Mountain West uh, royalty, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe what happened to Boise State. And we're sending these guys to the Thomas and Mac. What the heck is going on? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I'm uh, I'm the sideline guy for the radio side of uh, UNLV, and I bring up that stat almost every game about Bryce Hamilton going to the free throw line like 2.7 attempts a game. Crazy. It's mind boggling. It's actually from a number standpoint, it's one of the lowest numbers of total free throws attempted for any UNLV team in history. It's uh, it's been a challenge. At last couple of things, as a player, right? If you're Bryce Hamilton. As a lead player, you just mentioned, hey, I pass the ball, you got to make shots. How, As a coach, how do you manage a player who you know can go and get his from just going, you know what, screw it, I'm not, I'm not giving up the ball, I am going to get mine, because that may not be the best thing for the team? Well, first of all, it's only one thing that matters, W and L, right? He's not, I like Bryce Hamilton, but he ain't LeBron James. Like, it's not like he can just go do whatever he wants and you know he can win. Right. Right. Because it's a team game and college is much different than the pros. And even in the pros, one player can be neutralized in college because of zone. And and usually it's a great player and four other guys or two great players and three other guys. You can take great players out so easy in college. It's ridiculous. So it's not like he can just go up there and do whatever he wants. Now, what he needs to do 
if you look at the Houston Rockets now, right, lost 12 in a row. Now, those guys thought when James Harden left that they was going to be like, oh, my God, we're going to show the world. Uh, not so fast. What happened was those guys, because he was being double teamed, they had opportunities to be successful, and they didn't realize that. That's what Bryce has to understand. Because you're a really good player, use that to get other people involved so they won't double team you. They won't load towards you. And now you can really operate and help your teammates. And that's what kids don't understand is that being a good player has a being a good scorer has greater responsibility. And that's why I always say LeBron's the greatest player ever, because he can do everything Michael Jordan could do and he can do everything Magic Johnson can do. That's a dude that's absolutely ridiculous because he can make every and guess what? Here's the other thing, Steve. Because everybody involved, guess what people want to do on the other end? Play defense. When you're talking about young kids, offense, defense has an effect on offense. When everybody feels like they're a part of it, they know that Bryce Hamilton is the best player. But if they know the best player is a willing passer, it makes everything flow better team-wise. Let's close talking about the tournament and where the Mountain West Conference is. Barring a disaster down the stretch, San Diego State is probably in. But right now, because of the Boise State last night, Utah State, they're missing, I think, one of their key players, and Raleigh Wooster, uh, those two teams are on the outside looking in. As a coach, when when you were coaching, do you believe that these are blind resumes that the committee is looking at? Because the challenge this year for a conference like the Mountain West is they got Boise and Utah State on the edge trying to fight their way in. Well, meanwhile, guess who else is trying to fight their way in? Duke and and Michigan State. And if I were a Mountain West school, I'd, I'd be scared as hell that those are the teams I'm competing against on the edge to get into the tournament. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, yeah, it might be blind. It's blind until the day of, right? Those guys might be blind, but trust me, they see everything that's going on. And here's the deal. What they have a chance to do, the Mountain West teams don't. They can get quad one wins, yeah. you know, the last couple games of the season and in the tournament. You can't do that in the Mountain West. That's why, like you saying, San Diego State is in. I disagree with you. I don't think they're in right now. If they lose tonight – and, and by chance, all those San Diego fans will be up in arms. If they lose tonight and they lose in the first round, I don't think they're getting in, to be honest with you. Because even the 10-game win, win streak hasn't been against the, the lion's share of the best teams in the league. So my thing is they have to take care of business. I think Brian Dutcher knows that. He, he's been in the Big, big Ten. He knows exactly how this thing works. Uh, and so I, I remember, I think San Diego State won the league one year and didn't get in. You know, so it's very difficult this time of year. You got to be nervous. Boise State, they choked. I mean, they won't be bad. They, they, even their fans, no matter if they had to play the game or not, they freaking choked. They should have won the game and took care of business, and they would still be on the bubble, by the way, Steve. So San Diego State, like at, at that Mountain West tournament, Utah State, I said on studio and CBS the other day, is if San Diego State gets to the tar- uh, championship, they're in. And whoever gets to the championship game against them has got the best chance of being in between Colorado State, Utah State, and Boise State. Those are the three best teams. If they, if none of those guys make the championship game, they're not getting in. I'm just telling you, they're not getting in. So if if Colorado State makes the championship uh, championship game, they're probably in. If Utah State gets there, it'll be possibly they may have a chance. Boise killed themselves last night, but they got to get to the championship game. And if San Diego State gets to the championship game, they're firmly in. Chris Walker, bringing it. That was awesome. Great job. Great job. (laughs) Appreciate it very much. Looking forward to doing this again, man. That was awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much, Steve. Take care. There he is, the former assistant at Cal and Texas Tech, uh, Villanova. He played there, New Mexico and Vanderbilt and several other schools. Chris Walker, who's on the broadcast, coming up here in just a couple minutes on CBS Sportsnet along with Jason Horowitz. All right, we're going to go back to the TI. John Von Tobel, 
is going to take over and take us right up to running Rebel Warm-Up with John and Curtis. Yeah, you heard it from Steve. Uh, that'll be here on ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. Appreciate that very much. UNLV right now, according to uh, multiple sports books, nine and a half point favorite, or excuse me, underdog, nine and a half point favorite against San Diego State, right? Uh, nine and a half point underdog, total of 131 and a half. Rebels are getting some action, though. Some spots open them up as high as 11. Uh, so we have seen this number steadily head in the direction of UNLV. So we'll see if the uh, market is correct in that kind of a thinking. And I'll say, you know, a lot of the time uh, when it comes to the betting markets, you will see the uh, the numbers not only mirror what you see on sites. Uh, I shouldn't say even say sites. On the site, Ken Palm. Uh, and generally, it actually matches that. And if it's off, it'll head in that direction. But this is one where it actually opened up right on the number that Ken Palm had projected, an 11-point victory for San Diego State. But Rebels garnering some support in the betting market there. So we'll see if they do get that, at least the cover tonight at home. And potentially the win. Crazier things have happened. We saw it last year as well. And uh, if they did, of course, they're fourth in fifth tries with uh, Wyoming coming up. Uh, as we look, speaking of the betting market, we are getting closer to the uh, NFL draft. And this is something that I'm going to push to you that we can talk a lo- about a little bit more because I, I, I bleep and love the NFL draft. I love betting the NFL draft. I love watching the NFL draft. I love being a, a pretend GM. It goes all the way back to my days of having a little notebook and crafting my Madden franchises accordingly and drafting guys and trading draft picks. One year, dude, one year I got I, – I, I honestly believe that I projected the future of one Patrick Holmes. There was one year where I took over the Kansas City Chiefs franchise and it was like Madden 10, you know, the one was like a Larry Fitzgerald and Troy Palomalo on the cover. And there was this quarterback that I had scouted, really wanted, but if I can get him in the second round. And he was drafted in the second round, a pick before me by the Dolphins. So I traded a corner and like a, a third-round pick for him. Ended up being like a 93 overall. Guy was sick. Uh, it was brilliant. But anyway, that so I love the G, I love the draft. I love things like that. And as we get closer to the draft, we're going, we're starting to see more props out there. And I think I've mentioned this on Coville the Company before, but one of the props that I bet every year, every year, and two success by the way, uh, under on the total quarterbacks going in the first round. Um, this year, the number set at four and a half. How about this? Not only total quarterbacks drafted in the first round number is at four and a half. The over minus six seventy. Bet six hundred and seventy bucks to win a hundred dollars on over four and a half quarterbacks drafted in the first round. That's a little ridiculous when you look at who the fifth quarterback might be. And, and by the way, to give you an idea of what that means, the number of six seventy tells you that there is an eighty-seven percent chance that that is going to go over four and a half. Not so fast, my friend. So let's look at this, right, just from that perspective, because we have what I would consider to be three locks to go in the first round. Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, as we know. Zach Wilson out of BYU. And Justin Fields out of Ohio State. I would generally consider them locks to go in the first round. Uh, Trey Lance, extremely likely to go in the first round, uh, but I would say not necessarily a lock, but more like 85%. If you read some of the scouting reports on, on Lance, it does seem like there are some teams that realize that he is a little bit of a project, uh, but a project that is totally worth working on uh, with the upside that you potentially see with him. So I would say at this point right now, uh, very much in the first round, but not a lock like we talk about with these top three guys, Lawrence, Wilson, and Field. So that puts us at four, right? Puts us at four quarterbacks in the first round. So all you need is one to screw things up. I know, you're playing with fire. 
But if you look at this from a couple of standpoints, and, and this is just a general barometer of things, right? You can look at other outlets and their big boards and how they feel about certain teams, or excuse me, certain players. And one of the really respected markets, of course, and outlets, uh, Pro Football Focus, one that we use quite a bit here on this show. Adam likes it. Uh, we, of course, have a lot of guys on from that network, Bruce Gradkowski, Eric Eager, right, George Shahori. They're a really respected group. This is just one, and i got a couple more for you. But Pro Football Focus, Mac Jones, the 33rd-ranked prospect overall, so I would put him uh, if you're just drafting using the big board of PFF outside of the first round. Kyle Trask would be the other one that would ruin the day for you potentially. 44th, and then you look at some of the other ones, ESPN, Mac Jones, 28th-ranked prospect, Kyle Trask, 71st, Mac Jones, 28th, Kyle Trask, not even rated within the top 50 over at CBS as well. So something that I've really looked at, something I really enjoy, but uh, to give you an idea as well, 2017 was the first year that we got the NFL draft betting out here in Las Vegas. Every single year except for one, it has gone under, and the one year it didn't, it was actually a push on five when Lamar Jackson got drafted at the end of the first round uh, that season, of course. That was it, 2018? Whatever year that was. Uh, but it's been a profitable trend to bet under. I think we overvalue these quite a bit. So, Anyway, that does it for Cofield and Company today. Remember, if you want to check out the podcast, lvsportsnetwork.com. Ari will have that up post-haste after the show. And remember, running Rebels, taking on San Diego State, coming up next year on ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. Thanks, Ari.